Welcome to Enlightenedhood, a sacred space for mothers, mothers to be, and mothers by proxy to share how mindfulness and spirituality intertwine with one of life's biggest responsibilities, motherhood. Each week, we will gather nuggets of inspiration, empowerment, and wisdom from wild and woke mamas who are tapped into their highest selves and raising the next generation along with the consciousness of this planet. I'm your host, Lena Lemos, founder of Enlightenedhood, a community of mindful and spiritual mamas committed to personal growth and divine sisterhood through our one-of-a-kind inner work membership and spiritual magazine. Welcome. I am so grateful that you're here. Hello, you mindful mamas. You may or may not know that one year ago today on May 15th, 2019, I launched the Enlightenedhood podcast and Enlightenedhood.com. It was really a pouring out of my heart and my soul and putting myself out there in a way I never had before, using my voice to question and (laughs) dive in and find a community of women to talk to about spirituality and motherhood, which was something that I had not seen anywhere and was really, really hungry for. Since that day one year ago when I decided to answer this call for this one word enlightenedhood and fulfill this mission per se, (laughs) enlightenedhood content has been viewed in over 95 countries. We have a community of thousands of women from around the world. I am the most fulfilled and empowered woo-woo version of myself that I have ever been. And I can say that I finally have the community that I ached for for so long. So thank you to Enlightenedhood for changing my life and thank you To all of you who saw the mission and saw the power of how much purpose there is in motherhood and the importance of being spiritual and self-aware and intentional with our life and our energy and our choices. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. But anyway. In honor of the one-year anniversary of Enlightened Head, Megan and I thought it would be fun to record a special podcast episode for you guys and talk about kind of the the behind-the-scenes of Enlightened Head, a little reminder of the history of how it started, how it changed us, how we met, what's in store for Enlightened Head to come, and really just reminiscing and diving into the mission and the purpose and yeah so you want to just hear two goofballs talk for an hour (laughs) here you go and without further ado here's Megan maybe 
maybe we start from rewinding to what a year ago looked like. Yes. So a year ago, and it's funny because now all the pictures are starting to come up as memories on like Facebook and Instagram. And a year ago today, so today's May 9th as we record this, I was getting ready to launch this thing in Lightenhood that was like so abstract, but also just so deeply rooted in my core that I just had to do it. And the day May 15th came from Crystal B, who's an astrologer, and we worked together because I told her I had this idea for a blog. And so in January of last year, she worked with me based on the aligning of the moon and the planets and the sun and having it in Taurus, but I had to wait till after the retrograde and all this stuff. And so we decided on May 15th. So it kind of gave me this solid date of, oh shit, I have to do something. Mm -hmm. Um, And I felt such a responsibility to uphold that date. And so I think when I launched the website uh, and the podcast and this podcast actually on May 15th, I probably had been working on it for at least a month. No, more, more than a month. And I had been talking to women on phone calls while Luna slept. I had been Facebook messaging them, emailing with them. And it kind of just fell all together exactly at the right time, even though I had no idea how I was going to pull it off. <laughs> uh, yeah, so then May 15th, it, that's when it officially, quote unquote, launched. And now we're sitting here. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that was as interesting as it should have been, but. (laughs) And I think I found you first. I think it must've been June, June or July when you were reaching out to find women to be on the podcast. And I saw one of the ads and I was like, Oh, I, this is incredible. Like, because I had been doing my womb wellness work at that point, but I, and, and I think that's just the beauty of what enlightenment is and what it offers is that it was almost this recognition of like, I didn't even realize I was lacking that mm. connection of like motherhood and spirituality and having a place to own that because I was doing a lot of work with womanhood and sisterhood and spirituality, but just not that connection with motherhood. And then when we started talking, when I came on the podcast to do that, it just like sparked and I couldn't. Like even after we recorded the podcast, I was just like, there's got to be some other way that I can be a part of this because it was just so impactful. Like our one conversation was so incredible. When did Um, we talk? Was it July? I think it was July because I actually went back through my emails to see because I was like, it's gone. This year has gone by so fast, but so much has happened and and enlightenment has gone through so many changes that it almost, it it seems like a lot longer to me almost. (laughs) The only thing I remember, because I was actually telling Stefan this, that I'm really excited for this summer because last summer just feels like a blur. Like I was so deep in postpartum and postpartum depression that I honestly don't remember a lot of last summer. Mm. And so The only thing I do remember is that we were talking through email and then I was supposed to come to one of your workshops Mm -hmm. and I got MRSA (laughs) and I couldn't bend my arms. I was like, 
first of all, there's no way that any, any like smart business owner is going to let me into their establishment <laughs> with MRSA on my arm to rub it all over yoga mats. And I couldn't even like hold anything or like bend my arm. And my oh. mom actually had to come. So, cause I like couldn't hold Luna at the time. Oh my oh goodness. My so that what was a mess. <laughs> that's what I remember is that I couldn't go to the workshop because I had MRSA. And then I remember sending you that email and I'm like, this sounds like the most outlandish <laughs> thing that ever happened. And it was like, oh. <laughs> and you'd think like almost, you know, looking back at it from, I think that was in August and looking back, like, I think I probably could have been like, oh, maybe this woman's just blowing me off. But, but I'm like, no, we're good. <laughs> like, I'm still going to keep following her until she like, because I think we officially met for the first time in September. Yes. September is when I like really came on and started, we like really started working together. And it was so funny because I, like we, I, I live in central Jersey and you live in North Jersey, which is also just so wild because when I went on your podcast first, when I went on the enlightenment podcast, I didn't know you were in New Jersey until we started talking. Mm. And so I just like assumed you were in LA. Um, I just <laughs> because, have that vibe about yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. And I just <laughs> like, and so then like finding out that you were from New Jersey, well, not from New Jersey, that you were in New Jersey but from Ithaca was, I think just like, you could have gotten MRSA 10 more times and I would have, like, <laughs> I would have still been waiting. <laughs> well, yeah. Cause then I remember when we met at Starbucks at one time, that's when I had my eye ulcer. <laughs> I'm glad we could laugh about this now, but then, oh. but then I remember the next, was it the next day that I went to California yes. and then you mm-hmm. went MIA and I was like, oh shit. So what did I just do? <laughs> I said my eye scared her. <laughs> yeah, I forget what I had. Oh, you know away. What? Yes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so oh I was no, she, I scared mm-hmm. her off. I'm too weird. And then- <laughs> no, but you know, it's so funny because I mean, we always say in like our bio on the, um, on our enlightenment page says that, but it was like the universe just kept pushing it together. Like not only did we have these really cool synchronicities in our lives, but it was like, everything just kept happening. Like every illness with your body was just like pushing enlightenment further. And then you're growing further through all that. And then when my grandma passed away, I was like around all the women in my family and like seeing just like that lineage and all, I mean, it was just like such an incredible like couple months of this starting and getting together. Yeah. And I think the, the beautiful thing about, and cause I've been thinking about this a lot for the past week, because side note, I took the last week off from thinking about in like, well, not thinking about enlightenment, but actively doing anything. I did not open my computer. This is the first time I'm sitting in this chair for the past week, but it's amazing that the power of the message and how important it is rose above anything that we were struggling with personally. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just a testament to how much it's needed and how important it is in what we're doing because behind the scenes, I was a fucking mess. Like Mm -hmm. (laughs) MRSA, eye ulcers. And I think September when we were in California, it was kind of like what really cracked open my postpartum depression. But Enlightenhood was really what kept me going and what got me up in the morning. And I just continuously felt this need to serve and to get the message out there at all costs. I mean, I wouldn't say that I showed up a hundred percent all the time, 
but I did show up for the message and the mission and to help support and serve working towards what I saw that enlightened her could be. And I know you saw it too. <laughs> and it, I think that's the part that makes my heart so warm is that all the women who saw it and saw the message and the mission, they got it and they showed up and they came and they're like, yes, we're here for it. Even when I couldn't see it myself. Mm-hmm. And it's just such an incredible, almost an accountability partner too, like in my own practice, because I think that I, I was thinking, I was reflecting a lot about the last year and what enlightenment means to me outside of like sharing of that message and just the beauty within that. But it almost, you know, every experience we've had, every experience I've had as a mother with postpartum anxiety and all of those, like everything I've learned, it just gives this base for it to mean something so much more and to mean something more to everyone else. And, and this, the many to many, you know, come with us approach that we've really adopted, which I'm sure we'll talk about more in a little bit, but just that like gift of being able to like share with other women that alone makes a huge difference in me continuing my practice Mm. because I want to keep diving deeper to have more to share and have more to learn and hearing those inspirational stories. It's just like, I have to try this new, this new way or, or being open to this new, new additional practice to incorporate into my life. So I think like, just like holding me accountable too in my growth and progress as an individual, as a mother, as a woman, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's been really important to me too. So let's talk about our, our message and our mission, because this is something that I have been thinking about so much for the past week. And I I sent you those quotes that I had been reading from my book. And then I actually posted an Instagram caption with this download kind of that I got in the shower of really the the crux of of it all. And I think the thing I always go back to is what Carol told us. Shout out, Carol. Hi. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Hi, Carol. We love you. But (laughs) she said it starts with you. And Mm -hmm. I have, uh, I've held onto that so dearly for the past few months. And then I just realized that that is truly the message that it, it starts with you. And we as women, we, we, are, we have access to the past and we have access to the future. So we mm-hmm. get to heal. Like it, it stops with us. It starts with us, but it also stops with us, right? Like we, we, we can stop the generational cycles of mistrust in women and whatever, whatever we're trying to heal in our lineage we get to stop the centuries of mistrust between women. We get to help make a new system that supports maternal mental health, that supports more intentional living, that supports women. And we get to influence the next generation and give Mm -hmm. them those tools. So really, it's so much more than, oh, we, we talk to spiritual mothers and we talk to mindful mothers and like, let's all be spiritual. Like, no, it's so much more than that. And I think that was kind of the realization I had to come to because as much as, yeah, I, I want to hang out with spiritual AF moms and just like talk about the moon and how I charge my crystals and stuff. It, it like, it goes so much more beyond that. And I think that's not necessarily something that's been lost, but I think I'm ready to shout it from the rooftops just every single day. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
because it really is. And it's so powerful. And just that collective, you know, the more women who become part of the community and can share everything together, that power just keeps rising. And when you think about the trickle down effect throughout everyone, we each encounter and influence and are impacting all of this knowledge. And I, you know, I agree a hundred percent with hanging out with just spiritual women, but part of the, the reason why enlightenment is so necessary and so needed is that a lot of us don't have those communities where we're able to just be completely open and everyone in our lives is as understanding and is as receptive. Mm -hmm. And so we might not have those people around us, but the way we're living our lives and the way we're learning and growing, whether those people recognize it as what we would call it or what we would say it is, it's still impacting all of those, all of that with just like the light and the beauty, like it's still trickling through every single person that we see. Mm -hmm. I know it's, it's truly just remarkable of how powerful it is. Mm -hmm. And I think the more women that we talk to, the more just have the same, the same universal experiences and whether or not you want to call it mindfulness or spirituality, or you just want to call it self-awareness or being more aware in general, I think we're all going through the same thing. And now we kind of have that responsibility to do something with it. And I don't necessarily, I think the hard part about spirituality too, is that so much of it, so much of it, so much of what we're told is like, oh, you have to have this huge spiritual awakening that's going to happen in one day and you're going to have this come to Jesus moment. And then after that, you were going to dedicate your life to saving the world through this like one very specific channel. And I don't think it really works that way, at least for most of us. Like it's a gradual process. It takes a lot of work. It's not just like an overnight awakening. It takes a lot Mm -hmm. of layers to peel back. It takes a lot of effort and intentionality. And sometimes your purpose just becomes to be you and to shine that light. Mm -hmm. And I think not to jump ahead to soul lift, but I think that's just what is so absolutely incredible about our new project, mm-hmm. Soul Lift, which is the second podcast from Enlightenhood. And, you know, it's not just the podcast, it's the articles, it's just this huge global mission. And I think throughout the last year, with all of the women that we've talked to, we were just realizing that, like, not only does every single woman we encounter have something so tangible to offer about their spirituality and their mindfulness that can immediately impact someone. But like, I know me personally, and I know we've talked about this, like I wanted to know more about them. I wanted to like know more about their story because in each of those stories, I heard myself reflected back in them. And, you know, whether it's the exact same experience, we share so many of these experiences just as women, just as mothers, no Mm -hmm. matter where we are. And just hearing them share and being able to learn from them. And so giving all of these incredible women that platform to share that real motherhood truth. And I think what's so incredible is that when you listen to the podcast, it's almost like as they're telling their story, their voices change and they can, they like own their power a little bit more 
as they're telling their story because they're embracing it and they're hearing it and sharing it. And for some of the women, I think it's the first time that they're really sharing it like that mm-hmm. in that kind of setting. And so it's just so incredible to listen to. Like every single episode, I think I've cried, <laughs> gotten goosebumps, like wrote, you know, like just wrote down so many things of like, this was just so incredible to hear someone share their story in that way. And I think it's just because I think, I don't know, I, the best part about Soul Lift is like, it's not like a pressure. It's not this like pretty story. And it doesn't even have to be that huge spiritual awakening. Mm-hmm. Like I had this, this like, you know, cold water dumped on me recognition of something, but it's just like their growth and their, their path to that. And that is just so incredible to hear. I think just getting to the point of being brave enough and vulnerable enough to share your story is a huge feat within itself. You know, like mm-hmm. I've kind of been slowly putting myself out there for a year now. And you kind of forget once you get to that place, how hard being vulnerable actually is. Mm-hmm. And so I I am just so floored and proud and amazed by the women who continue to ask to share their story and to use that platform to do so, to help those who come after us and help those who feel alone and like they're the only ones going through it. Mm -hmm. We say a lot, we want to, you know, change the narrative. We want to change the theme of, you know, those overarching themes of motherhood that we all hear and like internally just cringe because we're so tired of being put in those boxes or, you know, having that narrative applied to us. And I think normalizing and opening those conversations of what doesn't look like that and that we don't agree with those narratives or those didn't fit for us or even if they did apply to us that's not the story like it's so much more than that and it's bigger than that and so I think you know just like normalizing the heck out of postpartum and mental health mindfulness and especially spirituality just you know honoring every single journey and just like what you said, the way each woman has just like shown up and ignited that fire, not only within themselves, but within us yeah. and everyone listening. It's, it's awesome. It really is. And I think you make a very important point that I think we've also been trying to figure out how to, how to say it right. Where like in motherhood, you are, are almost forced to choose a camp Mm-hmm. As soon as you become a mom, it's like you line up and they're like, all right, pick one. You must <laughs> yeah. belong very passionately to one of these, whether it's yes. breastfeeding or homeschooling or anti-vaxxing or mm-hmm. letting them cry it out. Or, you know, it's like, all right, I don't, I don't fit into any of these, but I do mm-hmm. want to do the best thing for my kids. I want to learn as much as I can about everything. I want to be the best mm-hmm. me possible, but where am I supposed to go? And I also think it's it's a combination of that. And then also I think a combination, I know we've talked about this before of like being your authentic self that might have a full sleeve of tattoos or purple hair mm-hmm. or a nose ring and feeling like that's completely acceptable as well as being a mom. Mm-hmm. And I think yes. there's like this, this authentic self that is rising, but it's also so still suppressed by what we think a mom should be. I absolutely agree. And I think that 
as the community of Enlightenhood grows and as women who are a part of our community are sharing this message with the people in their own more specific location of community, as the message gets bigger, because it's, it's more than just those camps and it's more than just who's raising children that look and act like yours and, and have the same beliefs, because regardless of which camp we fit into or what we, you know, how we want to raise our children, we all just want them to be good humans. Mm -hmm. And I think that the bigger part of it is like that sisterhood of we might all believe completely different things, but when it comes down to it, those, those truths within each woman, with each mother, that's almost like birthed within us as we have our children, that's what's really important. And to me, that's what spirituality is about, that like overarching, just light and beauty, not necessarily dialing it down into like being able to explain it as you would like a sect of Christianity or mm -hmm. something like that, because it, it's so much bigger. It's, it's, you know, there are beliefs within it that you can take and, and, and move in different directions to go further with what calls to you. But the, the view and the beauty of it, it just encompasses everyone. Like, I think it's been really incredible. And since we, since I've came on to Enlightenhood and have been sharing with a lot of my friends who maybe wouldn't have thought that this is something that even applied to them in general. When, when we have conversations about it, regardless of what religion they are or how they feel about children, we, we might have completely different ideas of how to raise our children, but we find that common ground within enlightenment and within that mission of just bettering ourselves and connecting with our true self. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, again, it just speaks mountains of what what we're doing and how much needed, how much needed, how needed, <laughs> how needed this is. And even mm. my sister's friends who aren't married, who aren't mothers, who work in the medical field, all mm. always tell me like, what you're doing is so amazing because they see the need for it on a, a mental health basis and a health perspective. Mm. I think just from so many angles, is this is this episode just becoming how we're like convincing ourselves that we're just awesome? No. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I think it's just I think we've needed the reminder that because I'm just talking in circles, but what I'm going to say <laughs> is sometimes when you put yourself out there and you are an entrepreneur and you're trying to spread a message, the why and the passion behind it can sometimes get lost in the the act of doing and all the nitty gritty you know mundane mm. monotonous things that come with starting a company and a business so mm. yeah, I think talking about it from this standpoint and just remembering how powerful and how needed this message of spirituality or self-awareness or mindful whatever you want to call it in motherhood how important it is mm -hmm. and it's just incredible like just sharing it like this is such a beautiful reminder because, you know, it's our little baby. So as it grows and changes with us and with every woman who's a part of it, it's, it's just, it's nice to reflect on it and just think about, you know, just the beauty and importance of what, what's happening here. And, you know, when you just said that, it reminded me of 
how important it was for us to, you know, keep with that, uh, like I said earlier, that many to many come with us approach because we felt like when we were looking at other spiritual communities, when there wasn't one for mothers specifically, even just the spirituality communities, we wanted more of like an open recognition of we all have something to share and we all have these stories that make what we're saying incredibly valuable to everyone. And so when we started offering the educational contributor in the collective, that really changed a lot for me in the membership that just, I mean, I was so proud of it anyway, but when we brought on, so we've been bringing each month, a woman comes through the membership with a workshop, video, meditation, lessons, worksheets, all around the theme, but through their eyes and their lens of how to explain that. And it's different than what we would say and what anyone else out there would say. And so you get this really incredible perspective because they are spiritual leaders in their communities and they have so much to offer that when we started doing that, it really just changed a lot for me. And like, I was so proud of what we were doing Mm -hmm. and so excited. And it's just so incredible to hear the women respond to these new messages and, you know, once again, giving those women a platform to share in a different way. They're, they're sharing their knowledge and what they know. And it's really incredible. Yeah. I think that's so important is the recognition. It's almost like the death of the guru. And now that Mm -hmm. it's that mixed with the rise of sisterhood and us healing those relationships and trusting one another. We all come here to learn different things and all learn in different ways and all need different perspectives. So I think that's just something that's so powerful and completely sets enlightenment apart from Mm -hmm. any other spiritual community because we're really trying to promote and foster and cultivate that many to many approach because it it isn't anymore about like this, this is how you have to do it. Because especially as moms, we know that, that what works for me might not work for you and your family. And when we hold so much space for our families and everything on our to-do list, that spiritual practice looks a lot different. And we, we need a lot of different things to nourish our souls. So bringing in all those different perspectives and all that different wisdom is just this wealth of knowledge that I don't really think exists anywhere else. That was good. (laughs) I don't have a response, but I I was like nodding the entire time. I'm like, yes, exactly. (laughs) I was like, nothing, nothing I'm going to say back is going to be like any, anything of a contribution there. Uh, no, but it, it's true. And I, I think that's, it's so hard because I always go back and forth as I go down this journey of learning what it's like to be a le- learning what it's like to be a leader and also learning what it's like to be comfortable with putting myself out there and people listening or even giving a shit of what I have to say, you know, so being able to surround myself with women who have knowledge that I may have never gotten to in my lifetime, but now have right in front of me and have access to it is just, and they're telling me everything I need to know and also have a shared experience of being a mom. 
Mm-hmm. I think it's just something so, 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 so powerful. Mm-hmm. As we continue to do this many to many approach, it just really opens the door for such a wealth of knowledge. And something that we're also working on is this one-on-one resource library of a how-to of the SparkNote version of spirituality. And I think that's our next mm-hmm. big project because as we continue to make spirituality and mindfulness not only more accessible, but also tangible for moms to use, we thought that, hey, why don't we just put everything that you've ever wanted to learn to get you started with spirituality into a little library where, again, with this many-to-many approach, asking these moms who have this knowledge to contribute. And if you want to learn about breath work or the Akashic Records or Ayurveda, you can just go get the Spark Notes version. And if it speaks to your soul, then you can go deeper without having to search every single corner of the internet for something that speaks to you. And as moms, we know we don't really have the time to do that. So mm-hmm. that's our next project. And I think we're going to just continue to find ways to cultivate leaders within this community and bring forth more women with us who can really help speak to all those different niches of motherhood and wherever your whatever your soul wants to learn. So I think we've really created such a a strong platform to grow and to support women and mothers who are ready to this came to me is the the phrasing of finding the universe within. After I did so much research for our heart chakra workshop and I all the reading that I was doing just kept talking about how our heart space and our heart center is just, it's the universe within us. It's the portal. And mm-hmm. it's so true that we all have that within and discovering that, that we've had all the tools all along is really what we're trying to do. I mm-hmm. read something that was like the best teachers are the ones who remind you that you already knew you already knew it all. Yes. Mm-hmm. Just like that recognition of, of re-remembering it or relearning mm-hmm. it or becoming more aware because as we grow and go through life and have all of our experiences, we kind of just put layer over layer on top of those truths. And then this work is just peeling those back yes. to find them again. And I think on top of the 101s, being so accessible for moms, which is so important because each one of those is going to have that information on what's worked for other moms and how they've incorporated this specific practice into their lives as mothers, which I think is so helpful because there's so many things I want to do or want to Mm. experience. And I've had to tweak them slightly (laughs) for, for a parenting life. And while the situation on May 9th, we're all still sheltering in place and sheltering at home um, because of COVID-19. So we had actually started planning for 2020. We were going to do so many incredible in-person workshops Mm -hmm. for Enlightenhood that we ended up starting to offer virtually. And I think I'm also a yoga teacher. And so, so many studios and teachers are offering all of these workshops and classes online. And so there's a lot of conversation right now about how to receive the same benefits from an online class as you would in person. And to me as a mom, I have 
this is a, this is a new thing that's happening for a lot of the world because of this current situation. But as mothers, I think that's something that we have either had to figure out or have been trying to figure out since we've had our children, because the one thing we talk about with enlightenment is keeping it accessible for all mothers, because as much as I would love and my soul is just yearning to go to Bali (laughs) and do an immersive yoga training or, you know, just be able to, to really take these, I mean, incredible retreats where you're learning so much knowledge. And, and if you are able to do those, I mean, it's absolutely incredible. And the things that I'm sure that you're tapping into there, but just as, as moms, that's just not something that's always possible. And so part of Enlightenhood's beauty is just being able to access and and tap into that from the comfort of your own home. Mm -hmm. And so as we're doing these new virtual workshops, we're slowly and subtly teaching and letting women know that that not only is the knowledge and the universe within you, you can create that space to tap in and really drop in to yourself to do this work, no matter what's happening around you. And that is difficult in the beginning as a mom, being able to, you know, drop into some really beautiful channeling meditations while your child is (laughs) climbing on you, or, you know, waking up from a nap in an inopportune time. Like, I think it's just, it's an important conversation that we continue to have behind the scenes of enlightenment to keep making sure that we're helping women be able to get the beauty from a four-star resort in Bali (laughs) under the sun from their own house and from the comfort of their little corner that they've carved out for themselves. Yeah. I, I think one of the things that I have been working through the most that is completely in line with that and a huge reminder and one of the hardest things to recognize and so many women on our podcast say it is stopping or not stopping with, but recognizing that you don't need the outside validation. Mm -hmm. And so much of what we think we need to be spiritual, like going to Bali or crystals or any of it, we think we need, and that's going to bring us closer Mm -hmm. to that. But when you I think the hardest thing is learning to trust yourself and knowing that you don't actually need all that. I mean, sure, it's fun to have so many crystals and little chairs Mm -hmm. to put them on. and But (laughs) really, when it comes down to it, it's 98% of it is just listening. Mm -hmm. Listening to yourself and trusting yourself. And why is it so simple but so hard? Mhm. It's so needed and it's almost more powerful when you can have access to that voice within yourself that intuition or the center within you or just that place that you can drop into of silence and meditation or or journaling whatever it is when you can do that with the chaos of your life going around you that's so much more powerful and so much more beneficial to your life. Because that's that is real life, and especially in motherhood, it's messy and, and chaotic. And early morning sessions of meditation as the sun rises doesn't really work. Whatever you just got done nursing a baby an hour before, then I know. <laughs> and so, and I think, and I that was a very big thing that I had to learn in my practice because I think 
I was just always listening for a kid to move or Mm -hmm. wake up or I just like always knew something was going to get messed up. And so I was never letting myself fully relax. Like you could still be cognizant of your surroundings and and keeping a safe environment to your children, but opening that space within yourself and, and being able to do that and holding on to a little bit of that while you go throughout the rest of your day. That's what mindfulness is really about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm so happy you said that. Cause I think we, we lose sight of how we can implement it into our life because I mean, everyone is all about the routine and the daily practices. And of course we ask moms about that. And I'm so happy that so many of them say like, I don't sit down for an hour and meditate and I just do it when I can, because that's the truth and that's how it happens. And it, it has taken me almost a year to even have a daily practice of any kind that was any sort of consistent. <laughs> and mm. I think we have to, as moms, be better about meeting ourselves where we're at and giving ourselves grace and understanding that we can be spiritual and mindful throughout the day without having a formal practice. Mm-hmm. It's more about, it, it all goes down to the present moment and just being and the decision, the conscious decision and awareness that we place in the present moment. Yes, because I almost, something in me sets off just a little concern slash alarm when I hear either myself, because I absolutely do this or other women say how necessary that hour practice, or even if it's a 15 minute practice, whatever it is, it is necessary for them to continue on their day or be able to be the woman they want during the day. Because to me, the goal is to use whatever time and a practice we can get and be able to be filled up for X amount of time. Because I think when I first had my children, I was very dependent upon those the practices that I put in place and they absolutely helped me from postpartum anxiety and, and really pulled me out of, of a darker place than I think I've ever been in before. But then the next step was just growing so much and healing so much that you aren't as dependent upon that Mm -hmm. because you've incorporated those practices into your daily life because otherwise what happens when you can't get your practice? Like (laughs) what happens when you don't get onto your mat? Yes. (laughs) Cranky. And then when mommy's cranky, everyone's cranky. That's happened to me recently, actually. Like I've been in such a good routine with this quarantine that I put Luna down for a nap. And I actually put my yoga, I have a yoga mat down here in my office, but I put it right next to my bed. So I put her down, cut, oh my God. I put her down for a nap, close the door, literally walk five feet into our bedroom. And then I'm right there for my yoga practice. Mm -hmm. But the days where she's decided that nap time isn't a thing, I do find myself getting a little frustrated and grumpy really fast. I'm like, what is happening to me? I'm like, I need to be better about the ebb and flow because yes, it's amazing. I have this time, but I also have a whole day ahead of me. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm being flexible. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but one thing that's helped me is knowing those things that I can do that can help me get to that place, but it might not necessarily be the same thing every single time. For instance, if I know I kind of need 
some alone time to breathe and decompress. One day that might look like just taking a shower and another day that might look like taking a walk. And some days that might look like actually getting on my mat and doing yoga, but it's knowing that I have these things that I can do and I knowing what works for me and then being flexible and figuring out how that works into my day. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And just that, that surrendering to the universe and that, that giving up the control because again, just a huge parenting womanhood lesson for me was just like recognizing that it's not in my control. I can't put everything in their little boxes. My kids are not going to nap for one hour. Like the books said that they would, and I, I would be able to fit everything in. And so just being open to where the day takes you or the life takes you or the universe is sending you because of that deeper message. That has been, um, you know, just the underlying theme of spirituality and the trust we can have in the universe and within ourselves that that deep down, we know what's best for us and for our children. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. So I thought of something fun that we could do, but are you up for it? Yeah. I thought it'd be fun since everyone hears us talking so much about motherhood and spirituality. What are three things that no one knows about you that have absolutely nothing to do with any of those things? <laughs> Ooh, fun. Okay, what are they? So three things about me that have nothing to do with enlightenment, mindfulness, or spirituality and motherhood. The first is that my husband and I are trying to get to every major league baseball stadium in the country. This summer, our plans got put on hold. (laughs) We're about a third of the way through. So every time we go to a new city or we have an opportunity to go visit or work anywhere, we always try to catch a baseball game. We're huge Mets fans. Josh is like third generation. and The Dodgers were in Brooklyn, then became Mets fans. So that that is a non-negotiable in our house that you're a Mets fan. Um, So that's Uh number one. I didn't know about you. (laughs) I mean, I, I grew up as a Pirates fan, but then, you know, the Pirates have not always been the best team. Not that the Mets are either, but living in New York for so long. I grew up I, in um, a Yankee household because my dad grew up on the Lower East Side, so. Oh, that'll do it. <laughs> I feel like Brooklyn, New Jersey tends to go Mets. Yes. And then Long Island, Upper, and Manhattan, I think, tend to go Yankees. Mm-hmm. My number two is I absolutely love to run. I have been running my whole life. Um, I ran track in college. I coached track and cross country at IC whenever I was there for my grad program. And I've done three marathons and one Olympic triathlon. And I just love to run and try to find any opportunity I can run, which ties in just a little bit to mindfulness because it's really where I can be alone and just be myself for however long I'm out there on the road. Um, and number three, I really have a passion and love for vintage furniture. I love to repaint, strip them down, restore them to not only their original beauty, but just like adding something new to them with different paint colors, you know, repurposing them to use as a, as a, you know, taking a dresser and turning it into something completely different. That's something I really love to do. And I have an Etsy shop with my best friend, Anne, where we just 
go flea market shopping and estate sale shopping. And it is so fun. And the things, you know, they're just treasures that other people have put so much love into and, you know, keeping things, you know, that are older or maybe at first look, don't look as beautiful and really turning them into something restored and unique in, in a house house is one of my favorite things to do. It's very peaceful. It's my dream to be on flea market flip. Oh, <laughs> I know. I would be so fun. I love, I love all of those shows and I love to do stuff like that. I'm constantly in English town. It's closed now, but when we first moved there, there was this huge um, antique flea market shop that was indoors. So you could go all year and it was just floor to ceiling, just stuff. I mean, dressers just stacked on top of each other, like hundreds of chairs. And constantly I would be coming home with stuff. And my husband's like, where are we going to put all these things? And I'm like, in the basement, because I don't know. So I just have so much like finished furniture in the basement. I just keep creating them and leaving them down there. (laughs) It's just so fun. It's just like a nice reminder that just, you know, what one person sees, you know, we see the way we're looking. So not everyone's going to see the beauty and everything. And not everyone sees the light behind some struggles and what maybe doesn't fit into what's perfect and beautiful now. I just, I just love being able to remind people of the beauty within. I love it. Your turn. I have like four or five and I don't know. <laughs> I you- couldn't even come up with three. <laughs> well, I am very appalled, scared of, terrified of, hate with a burning passion memory foam. It makes me want to puke. I cannot touch it. I cannot look at it. And it has been a struggle being a college student and someone in their teens moving with those memory foam things you put on your bed. Um, So I always have to have someone remove it for me. (laughs) That is hilarious. I my favorite pillow is a memory foam pillow. (laughs) I love how you sink into it. Actually, we have the uh, Tempur Pedic, the memory foam mattress. (laughs) I'm nauseous. (laughs) You're not. You can sleep in the guest room. (laughs) We do not. We did not splurge for that bed in the guest room. (laughs) Okay, I'm also have my dog training certification. So when my dog, when we first got my dog and he had a lot of emotional baggage and we, when we moved a few times, they started to have some behavioral problems. And I was working at a dog hotel at the time doing social media and marketing for them. But I actually on the side got my dog training certification to help him and help him learn and keep him sane. And yeah, so I, that's one thing that actually a lot of people don't know about me. That's so cool. So third one is that I actually growing up wanted to work in TV and television and wanted to be a screenwriter. So I actually did a semester in Los Angeles and um, did a lot of cool things, but I am a background nurse in a few episodes of I Didn't Know I Was Pregnant on TLC. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's awesome I still have never seen the episode no, because there's this um warehouse that is down like in the industrial part of LA that 
they turned into a bunch of hospital sets. So that's where a lot of like those medical dramas, like the the reality versions of them shoot. And so we were like touring it for the day. And then they asked a bunch of us if we wanted to be in it. (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah. What a strange show. Yeah. Very, very (laughs) strange. (laughs) I mean, just like judging by the size that I was when I was pregnant, I don't know how I would, I. Yeah. How do you not know? do you not know I was just it was like I just casually had a basketball underneath my shirt yeah like I feel like I up until like seven months I could wear a baggy shirt and you would probably have no idea but I'd oh, say wow. like after eight months something like I literally mm. woke up the next day and it was like something just exploded inside of me I was like what is happening what? <laughs> that's what happened to me between 20 and 24 weeks it was like 20 I was like look how adorable I am and then 24 I was like oh, oh no I'm, I'm absolutely <laughs> pregnant <laughs> and then the second one it was like oh you're five weeks pregnant just getting your 20 <laughs> like <laughs> your your body remembers exactly what this is like and now you're cute <laughs> oh that was fun that was a really good idea yeah Okay, but now because we're going on the roll and I have to adhere to the somewhat format of this podcast, what is on your spiritual bucket list? I would really like to do a quiet retreat where you don't speak for, it it depends on the time, the length that you want to go, but they range anywhere from 24 to like 72 hours. And I... I say bucket list. It should almost be challenge list because I think that that would honestly be one of the hardest things for me. I talk a lot and I don't know, but I think that sometimes when I talk, it it helps me work through things and, and I figure things out while I'm speaking and while my, my brain is just kind of like, you know, just like letting things out. But, you know, being almost forced to listen and just be quiet and, and removing the pressure to share with others and speak to others and be part of another experience, which I think is a beautiful part of retreats, but, you know, being in that environment and taking that away and just being with yourself is really appealing to me. And so I would really like to do that one day, (laughs) probably never will, but Hey, don't say that. We can host them. And then, yeah, it's very scary to me, but Oh, wouldn't that be like, can you imagine the stuff that comes up after not speaking for 48 hours? Yeah. I don't know. I, cause then when you say that, I really want to, I would love to, but terrified of slash challenge, like you said, to do a vision quest. Oh, but I don't know. I'm always hungry. I don't know what I would do without food or water <laughs> all out of the woods. Yeah, I. <laughs> that would be very challenging. I mean, I'm definitely down for the alone in the woods. But if I could just bring my Can like bring snacks, yeah, <laughs> like my jar of peanut butter and my bag of nuts, then I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that, my trail mix, I'll be fine. <laughs> um, yeah, my non-spiritual bucket list is to hike the Appalachian Trail, mm. which I think is a spiritual experience. So. Um, it would be the same. I just don't have those months yet to be away from the kids, but when they are more, more self-sustainable, maybe when they're in camps and things in the summer, I'm going to do it one of these days. You saying that made me remember the other thing that I was going to say on my list of things that people don't know about me. Oh, what is that? Stefan and I, my husband, we have a, 
<laughs> when you said hike, it made me think of your ballpark thing, which then triggered my, we have a list of every single guacamole we've ever eaten in the world. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> you know, it's like, I mean, I think, you know, I've, I've gotten to see you guys as a couple, which is just so awesome. Whenever you have a friend that I think once you get married, a lot of your, the people that you are around are, tend to be couples and you meet them as a couple. Mm-hmm. And so when you, when you, as an adult get to meet someone separately and then meet their spouse, it's really cool to see them as a couple and you guys balance each other so well and are, are such an adorable couple that like that just <laughs> makes so much sense. <laughs> like That is adorable. And it's so cute to me whenever I hear different things that people do because we, I think every couple has like a couple things like that, that like really, it seems so silly and so simple, but that's like the essence of you guys, <laughs> like that beautiful sharing oh of this like spicy, but like delicious. <laughs> I digress. So we really like guacamole. <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, yeah. I like guacamole, but I feel like it's probably like the boring version. Mm, yeah. I could see that about you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not as not a spice person. <laughs> I'm like, I, I taste something extra in here other than just lime juice. <laughs> Are there jalapenos in here? Oh yeah, see, I can't even do that. Like I, I can't even eat jalapenos. Mm. <laughs> oh, Josh is a hot sauce guy. You know what? I don't know if we should rec- include this in the recording, but I'm one of those people who I'll be like, I want to be a person who likes this. Mm. So for me, mm-hmm. for a really long time, I wanted to be a person who liked sriracha, but I just couldn't. The taste of it, I was like, mm-hmm. but then something after pregnancy clicked and now like I eat it on everything and now have gotten into hot sauce. And I never, ever thought in a million years that I would be a hot sauce girl, but literally I put it on everything. Mm-hmm. So weird. And you know, it seems silly, but you know, to stay with me here, I might be able to connect this. Okay. Like to, to tie it into, you know, just the enlightenment message that I think it goes both ways. Like there's the things that we want to do. And I think the things that we think we should be doing as spiritual women and spiritual moms, and we just keep pushing at them because we think that they're going to work. And maybe that knowledge is the seed that gets planted. And then eventually it does click and it does work. Like eventually you fell in love with hot sauce. But then I think also the other way is like, there are things we tell ourselves that we don't want to do or that we don't like from those society pressures or from things that, that people have even casually said that we don't realize that they stick with us. And so we're resisting what could be really good for us. And even if it's not maybe good immediately, because so much, I think, you know, when we do a lot of this work, it's not always pretty and fluffy, you know, those working with our shadow self and peeling back those layers, it it can be a little challenging sometimes. And so like knowing that like, it's, it's all going to click eventually and, and whatever seeds are planted or whatever we're being called to do or not do, eventually it will all work out. I resonate with that so much because I feel like I've just been pushing and pushing and pushing, not necessarily always in a bad way, but like showing up and putting in the effort. And I think Mm -hmm. so much of spirituality and the way that we blossom and awaken and look within isn't something that necessarily works on a linear basis like that. Mm -hmm. And yes, we can recognize those things and heal them and release them. But 
it doesn't really work on our time. It's kind of like mm-hmm. we know things, we discover things, we learn things exactly when we should and exactly as we need to. And that art of surrender and that art of letting go is so hard. It has been the absolute hardest thing for me. Cause I'm like, all right, I understand that I can be really powerful and have whatever I want, but I've been working at this for a really long time. So like, are you ready to give it to me yet? Because mm-hmm. that would be great because yeah, yo, I've been showing up and doing this for years. So enough, mm-hmm. Like, but we have enough. to remember that like, I'm so much further along than I was three years ago, but we forget because our, as things change within us, things change around us. And then it just becomes our new reality. And we forget that things were ever a different way. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. yeah, the pushing, the forcing that is something that I have really struggled with. Mm -hmm. One of the women on the soul lift podcast, it hasn't aired yet. Um, but she makes this beautiful comment. Her name's Christina. She says about being really intentional with our energy as mothers, because when we find ourselves pushing too much in certain directions, it's just wasteful. And we don't have, you know, just unlimited resources of energy and time in our lives right now. And so just being really almost logical and thoughtful about where we're directing that energy. And that we've been, I think we've been doing a really great job giving ourselves another little pat on the back for business side of enlightenment, just being really clear about, you know, are we pushing things that don't resonate with us just because we feel like we should like just letting go of those shoulds Mm -hmm. and letting go. Like we should feel this now we should be doing this now they're doing it. So we should do this. Like it really just listening to ourselves. And that just goes into every aspect of our lives. And it's when we can let go of that and, and be really thoughtful about our energy and and what type of energy we want to be putting out. That, that changes a lot too. I agree. Right. Yeah. Intentionality is really everything. I think it's important for us to both mention how we've grown since we've been a part of enlightenedhood and the ways that enlightenedhood has changed us because even though everyone isn't on this path and creating this mission, there is, I think, a universal experience in what putting yourself out there and being vulnerable and having a practice and diving into mindfulness and spirituality can do for you. And Megan, I was telling you before this podcast about how when Enlightenedhood first started, I was mortified of being seen. I didn't want anyone to see me on a webcam. It was easy for me to hide behind a phone or Zoom because I felt like if someone saw me that they would know that I was a fraud because I was still just dealing with the imposter syndrome and couldn't figure out why anyone would want to listen to anything I had to say. And so I really had to use that time when I was almost in hiding to really craft my voice and the way I spoke and the things that I said. And over time, I got more comfortable. It was actually Michelle, shout out Michelle, love you from the other side of the world in Australia. She was the first person who I actually had a face-to-face conversation with on the podcast. And actually our podcast interview, something happened with technology where it ended up getting lost. That was actually the first time where I 
saw someone else's face while having a conversation about that. And that was a huge turning point for me. And then I continued to start to put myself out there more. But I think how it's changed me the most is just being really comfortable with being vulnerable, vulnerable AF. I think it's just my norm now. I wear my heart on my sleeve and I'm willing to say the hard things or before I'd shy away from them or like my first instinct is to flee and just remove myself from any conflict. But now I'm just, I put it all out there and I'm honest and open and vulnerable. And I think that's really important. But I think the other way that it's changed me is for so long, for so long, I was waiting for permission. I was waiting for validation. I was waiting for someone to be like, you know what? You fucking are magical and spiritual and a gift to this planet. So you go shine and show everyone that light when really I needed myself to learn that the only permission I needed was for me. And that's something I'm I'm always still working through, but I think too long we wait for someone to tell us, to give us the okay, to give us the green light, to tell us all the things that we need to believe for ourselves. So I think those are the two biggest ways that enlightenment has changed me. And it's also just to do something every day, to serve in a way that is something I so deeply believe in. And the way I want to live my life is just the most fulfilling thing in the entire world. And I am just so grateful. Like I can't even express in words how grateful I am for all the women who continue to show up to serve with me, to serve alongside me and spread this mission and spread this mission, spread this message and just embody the mission. And I'm so grateful for you for seeing it and showing up and blindly meeting some random girl with an eye ulcer at Starbucks. (laughs) (laughs) And then be like, sure, I'm all in. (laughs) It is. And it's just been such a wild ride. I was, when I, looking back, so officially eight months ago when I joined Enlightenhood, I think I've always been a outwardly expressive person. Like I don't ever shy away from sharing my own truth or expressing things, but being able to channel that into the Enlightenhood message and giving voice to these incredible women has been so empowering because I think as expressive and as powerful as I always felt, there was something about the postpartum anxiety and, you know, the fact that mindfulness and spirituality is, is what helped me through that and what has made me a significantly better mother than I think I ever could have been a better human, a better woman, a better wife. Um, so just that growth over this past year has been really looking back at it has been really incredible. And I think when you're part of a community like Enlightenhood and, and being able to be at the forefront of that and stand up and just, you know, what you said earlier about just shouting it to the rooftops, like being in a position to be able to do that is both terrifying and so empowering. Like it really, like I keep calling Enlightenhood my accountability partner, but I, and maybe it's just another way of putting pressure on myself, but in the beautiful light of it, it's just another way to keep stepping up because the louder we are about this message and the 
the stronger we are to get it in front of the people that need it, that's where the benefit comes from. And, and these messages need to be shared and these stories need to be shared. And this wisdom needs to be out there in ways that mothers can apply it into their lives. And so, you know, just reminding myself that that strength and, and that power and, and using this platform to be able to do that. I just keep reminding myself that in order to, you know, stay comfortable in front because it is, it's very strange. And to me, I think being a yoga and meditation teacher for so long, I don't mind being in front of people, leading classes, leading meditations, leading workshops. But when you strip it away and bring it down to those bare bones of like the truth and, and these things that we experience, it's a little harder. And, and I think even recording a podcast is really hard for me because it's just your words. It's so raw and it's so open. Um, and so I find almost the opposite experience where I think the podcast is a little more unnerving to me than just being in front of someone where I can make connections with their eyes and know that, you know, we're receiving the messages together. We're, we're on the same page. Um, and so, so I think the podcast aspect is a little bit more challenging of it, but just this beautiful journey, being a part of the sisterhood with like-minded women in this community, when we're all on our journeys, no matter where we are within them, we have that recognition of ourselves and each other. And for me, it comes back to that, you know, common experience of femininity. I started my whole spiritual journey after meditation and mindfulness with womb wellness and womb work and, and experiencing the divine feminine, because I lived so long in that masculine of that power and strength. And like, here I am, I have something to say, but balancing that with the beautiful femininity of enlightenment and the softness of our message. Um, that's, that's where I find the most growth for me the last year, like being, being able to be powerful to get the enlightenment message out and balancing it with just the beauty of what we're sharing. So Megan, as you know, <laughs> I like to end this podcast. <laughs> with wise words for anyone listening who needs that extra encouragement today to just be more intentional or step into their higher self or find the universe within. What are your wise words to end on? I think it's so incredible that you end each podcast with this because I think it's so impactful and just like hearing those words of wisdom from each woman it's, you know, really just the basis of what enlightenment is, that sharing of that beautiful knowledge. And so I think that right now, my wisdom, and I think it changes with our, with our practice as, as the ebb and flow of what we're learning grows. But right now, I'm really focusing on, I have this mantra that I always say, do what ought to be done. And I, I think that when we are mothers and when we're so busy and we're pulled in different directions, the first thing that can slack is ourselves and our own self-care and our own self-practice. And so when I remind myself, like this ought to be done, like I really should be putting this time towards myself and giving myself these beautiful moments wherever they are. And just that little reminder of, it's not just about tapping in, that's such an important part of it, but the growth aspect of it too. Like I want to keep incorporating learning the knowledge and really incorporating these practices into my life because that step, you know, so many women we've talked to 
and, and I've been that woman before. Like I knew the benefits. I knew that it was a wonderful experience. I knew that it would change my life. I knew all of that. I heard it. I saw the studies. I, I, I saw the women transformed, but taking that first step, you know, it ought to be done. It's just this incredible experience, that first step on this journey and just continuing to take that first step and, and going further and further into the self-awareness and, and into this, this new life as a spiritual and mindful mother. Um, I just like to use that little reminder to myself if I'm ever getting stagnant in my practice or distracted or, um, you know, my, your ego gets in the way and you get a little resistant to the lesson that you need to learn, you know, what's best for you and, and what ought to be done right now. Thank you for listening to Enlightenhood. For more wisdom from spiritual mamas like you in the form of guided meditations, videos, articles, masterclasses, and more, check us out at enlightenhood.com or connect with us on Instagram at enlightenhood. If you need a tribe of like-minded women to dive into personal and spiritual development with, check out our monthly membership where we show up, go inward and upward together. Enroll today at enlightenhood.com backslash membership for less than the cost of a yoga class. Until next time, you mindful mamas.